1: All right, let's get it on. I'm Mike Boyle, and this is the Restaurant Show in Denver on Newstalk 710 KNUS, doing a simulcast in Colorado Springs on AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer, it is Sunday, May 15th. Happy to have you aboard. I'm going to be with you up until 12 o'clock. Mike, we didn't know if the show was going to go on because we know you're in Mexico. That's right. I left on Wednesday, brought a nice group of listeners down, and maybe even just as important, maybe even a tick just more important, brought over 350 pounds of baseball gear that you, the listeners of this show, have donated. Over 20 years ago, I started taking equipment to the Dominican Republic when I was down there and saw how much they love baseball. We've been doing it for years and years. I go on the air, I say to you, Would you like to donate some baseball equipment? Do you have some used baseball equipment? Do you like to troll garage sales and or Goodwill stores? Maybe you find some mitts, some bats, balls, gloves. That's what I like to bring. I don't bring the uniforms. I don't bring the cleats. You can play baseball without cleats. But it's hard to play it without a ball. It's hard to play it without a glove. Well, we have had tremendous impact in the Dominican Republic. Last October, I had a group of listeners on the Yucatan Peninsula down around Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And on the flight back, I got talking to a guy, and he's in semi-pro American football in Mexico they play all over Mexico they play all over Central America he said well I've got some friends that are trying to get baseball started on the Yucatan soccer's number one in Mexico and I said well you know give me some information on this I made contact and in February I took down over ten thousand dollars retail in baseball equipment that you provided and last Wednesday, I came down again with this group of listeners. Yesterday, we went out to Toro Valenzuela Stadium, Estadio. And it is named for Fernando El Toro, the Bull Valenzuela. He is the owner of the professional Mexican League team on the Yucatan Peninsula. And so, anyway, we distributed the stuff. If you follow me on facebook or instagram i posted pictures some last night some this morning so if you go to facebook.com slash mike boyle restaurant show you will see those pictures of what we we are a collective effort here what we accomplished with this baseball distribution But today is going to be a relaxing day at the beach. I got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about books. We got a book club coming up. It's coming up on May 25th. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that here in the next segment. And uh, we're going to talk with an author, talk about a book, and got a lot of other stuff I want to share with you. We've also got some great, great, did I say great? Great events coming up. This Saturday, the 21st, I got one in Manitou Springs, one in Denver. Sunday, we've got one in Highlands Ranch. We've got another event a week from then in Westminster for barbecue. So all of this stuff is on my website at mikeboyle.com. But I hope you will sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of the restaurant show. We're going to come back with Lisa Fellows and talk about the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show Book Club. All right, welcome back to the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show, where we talk about restaurants, travel, movies, books, sports, TV shows, or whatever we feel like talking about. I love it when a plan comes together like this. So we're sitting on the beach at the Rio Palace Costa Mujeres about a year and a half ago. And there's a nice group of people. People are meeting each other as first-time travelers. Mexico's open. We're having a good time. And the next thing you know, three ladies that did not know each other before that trip, Lisa, Shannon, and Betsy. They're talking about books and how much they enjoy reading. And the next thing you know, I get a call from one of them who says, we're thinking of maybe formalizing a little bit more the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show informal book club. There will be no membership dues, there'll be no membership card, there'll be no secret handshake, but we would like to get together and talk about books. So we met at the View House Restaurant. We had a wonderful lunch, and coming up on Wednesday, May 25th, at the aforementioned View House Restaurant, we've got a nice small room in the back. We're going to talk about books. And we're going to see if we want to hold this in a restaurant. We're going to see how often we want to hold it. We're going to see if maybe we should go to somebody's house. What are we going to do about food? What are we going to do about wine? What are we going to do about the books? Well, I've got Lisa Fellows with me. Lisa was kind of the instigator of this. Idle Hands are the devil's workshop. She is recently retired from a very successful corporate career and so now she's looking for stuff to do she wants to start the book club i said i'll push it i'll promote it we'll call the restaurant show book club as long as i don't have to do any work let's talk to lisa lisa welcome to the show
2: Thank you, Mike. It's
1: great so, to be here. So, is that about the background? Uh, you've got a little bit of time on your hands, and your husband has encouraged you to get out of the house rather than spending 24 7 together. What has prompted this idea of a book club?
2: Well, Mike, you gave a great overview. Um, as you said, I'm recently retired, more time on my hands, and I love to read. And one of the things that I was really looking forward to in my retirement was being able to spend more time reading. And as you mentioned, um, you know, in the conversations that I had with Betsy and Shannon on our trip uh, in Cancun, uh, you know we were sharing uh, books that we had recently read and I know betsy is, is just a voracious reader mm-hmm. and she calls in quite frequently with with recommendations for you yes. and so um, I'm currently in a book club but it's it's more of a social club if we talk five minutes about a book that's <laughs> that's a good um, yeah. but and and John refers to it as the wine club so
1: yeah it's really yeah.
2: social yeah. and i'm i really interested in, in being with people who are, you know, like-minded and enjoy reading and uh, whether it's novels, historical fiction, biographies, autobiographies, and just really having some good discussions and about the books and what we liked about it and the characters and i know that there's some opportunity from with your involvement of being able to have possibly some of the authors um you know join us at these meetings and and that really excites me as well just to hear from the author's perspective you know what went into the book and and you know just how it evolved and, and just what being a, a writer and author is all about um, so i'm really looking forward to this and just felt like a group of your listeners Um, because I know you talk about books a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Might be be a good group to try to get together and and see if there's some opportunity here to, to form a book club.
1: Well, the three ladies, you and Shannon and Betsy, I can attest to, are just wonderful, wonderful people. And coming up on May 25th at The View House, it's on my website at mikeboyle.com, and we will bribe you. You may say, I don't know a book that I can bring. I will be giving everybody a free book I got from the author. I got from the publicist. So that will be passed out to everybody that comes. We don't know if there's going to be the four of us. We don't know if it's going to be 14. We don't know if we're going to have to move into the banquet room, but we'll figure it out on the 25th. Love to have you come and join us. Everybody else that comes that day will also get a gift certificate to a restaurant. So I thought that this would just be a little bit of, an incentive to get you to come by. But this is a very formative get-together. How often are we going to do it? Where are we going to do it? Uh, How are we going to decide what books to review? And yes, I have already, Lisa, talked to a number of authors who have indicated that they would be more than happy if they're local to come to a restaurant or somebody's home. Or... If they are out of town to do a virtual get together. So, Lisa, I really appreciate you taking the ball and running with this. One of our concerns is geography, because I'm talking to people now all the way up to Fort Collins, all the way down to Pueblo. It won't be a neighborhood. It won't be a church group. It won't be your bridge club. So we're trying to figure out some of that stuff, but we would love, love, love to have you come by The View House on the 25th of May and give us your input. And don't forget to bring a book because have uh, I've got a big stack, don't you, Lisa?
2: Yes, as well as, Mike, we've been putting together a list of books just in the discussion of the four of us, of books that we have recently read that we have thought might be good options for the book club as well. So very open to other ideas, and and, uh, I'm excited even just about the list that we've already put together of, of potential books for the book club.
1: And I want you to understand that even though this is the Restaurant Show Book Club, and Lisa and Shannon and Betsy came up with the idea, We do not plan on being a dictatorship. We plan on being very much a democracy. So come on by. We'd love to have you. We'd love to get your thoughts. And uh, if you've read a good book lately, bring it on over. Maybe you've read an acclaimed book that wasn't so good. And that's always fun to talk about as well. Lisa Fellows, thank you, thank you, thank you for putting this together. And I'll see you at the View House on May 25th.
2: Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Mike. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and take a break from the Mike
1: Boyle Restaurant Travel Movies, Books, and Whatever We Feel Like Talking About show. All right, welcome back to the Mike Boyle Restaurant Travel movies, TV shows, sports, and book show. Absolutely. What you do in your leisure time. We've got an author with me that has been with me many, many times. He reached out to me. I don't know. We'll ask him five or six years ago. His first book was out and we've had him on every book since. His name is Alan Topol, T-O-P-O-L. We're talking to him in Washington, D.C. He has a new book out called The Chinese Agent. Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. Always a pleasure to
3: be back with you, Mike. Love talking to you.
1: Bless your heart. Thank you very much. How long has it been uh, that we've been working together?
3: I would say seven years. Uh, This is my 16th novel, but I know we started... 7 years ago and we've had 6 books we've talked about on your show Mike it's been wonderful talking with you
1: <laughs> All right well thank you very much and the books continue to do well obviously
3: Yep and I enjoy doing it it's it's wonderful there's no shortage of of exciting topics and so so I found another one here
1: Don't I recall you are a, you're an attorney in Washington DC but don't I remember that one of your leisure time pursuits, one of your leisure time enjoyments is traveling to Italy and drinking wine. Don't do I recall
3: that correctly? Happy boy, you recall vividly that is one of my favorite <laughs> things is traveling to Italy and drinking good Italian wine, which I love. Very, very much, and uh, I drink it in the U.S. too. But it's uh, but it's fun traveling to Italy too. It's well, nothing like well, it in the world,
1: really. Well, you want to know something, Alan? I talk about this on the air. People will say. Uh, let's talk about seafood. Can you get fresh seafood in Denver? You bet you can. You can get fresh seafood in Denver because they know how to catch it in the Pacific, get it packed on ice, get it on an airplane, get it here, and you're eating it literally the next day. But I will concede that having that nice, fresh mahi-mahi at uh, maybe... Roy Yamaguchi's restaurant in Hawaii, Kai, with cocoa head off to your left and diamond head off to your right, and the sun sinking into the beautiful Pacific, that does seem to add a little bit of extra flavor. Do you agree? Wines here are good, but maybe drinking that same Italian wine you and the wife enjoy in Washington, D.C. tastes just a little bit better when you're in Tuscany.
3: Absolutely, or I'm thinking about our favorite place is the island of Ischia off off of the coast of Naples. And when you're sitting there having dinner overlooking the water, the the Mediterranean, the <laughs> Bay of Naples, and you know that the fish that you're eating was caught this morning, and right. so It's just, I mean, it adds to the whole to the whole experience. You're absolutely right. I couldn't agree more,
1: Alan. I have been to all 50 states and i did it again with my daughter she wanted to do it i thought it was a tremendous educational experience i have taken her to 75 countries wow. when she graduated from high school i took her around the world that was her high school graduation present we've been to all seven continents and one of the things that i wonder about is is as nice as that island is, with a little bit of Italian wine and a sunset, don't you want to go somewhere else? Do you go other places? Do you say, honey, let's jump on a plane and go down to the Caribbean? Let's go to the Yucatan Peninsula. Let's go to uh, Spain. And do you like to move around a little bit? Oh, absolutely.
3: In In fact, this is an unusual one. Last winter... Uh, my wife and I went to um, Uruguay to a, a wonderful beach resort called Punta del Este, about an hour from Montevideo. So that was totally, um, you know, off the beaten track. No Americans there. It was a very, very exciting place to be. Uh, we loved it very much. So that's so. I'm um, all for that, and we we love traveling in Spain, as you said. We love traveling in France. So. I'm with you. We like to mix it up totally.
1: We're talking with Alan Topol, T-O-P-O-L, and believe it or not, he is an author, and believe it or not, we're going to talk about his book, but maybe that's one of the reasons I enjoy talking to Alan, and I hope he enjoys the interviews. we never really know quite where it's going to go. I have also made it a point. Now, I take listeners on trips, and we've gone to Costa Rica and Jamaica, the Dominican Republic, Hawaii. Tahiti, we've done the River Rhine, and since COVID started, we've been doing a lot of trips to Mexico, wide open, easy to get to nonstop out of Denver to both Cancun, Cabo, and Puerto Vallarta, but I like to try to get—and there's a comfort level there—but I like to try to also get to places—I'm an American, I'm a patriot, I'm a veteran, I'm proud to have served— but I like to get to places before they become hot and hip and trendy and overrun with tourism, and especially American tourism. Does that resonate with you?
3: Oh, it does a hundred percent. In fact, that's one of the things that we loved about um, Montevideo. I mean, and Punta del Este in Uruguay. And and like you, I'm a very patriotic, loyal American. But boy, it was sure nice to be in a place. That there were basically no American tourists, and and the people were were not, you know, we had a struggle to speak the language. But gee, but that added and enhanced the trip. That it's novel, it's new, it's different, and, and I'm all for you, a hundred percent. I agree. And, and
1: and and they're not jaded yet in these places, and not that American tourists always jade people in these places. There's an economic enhancement in just about all cases, but, you know, uh, they're just, they're thrilled to see you when you visit places like that. And
3: and as you say, you have to get in before they become heavy with the tourists. For example, we went to Thailand many, many years ago before it became, um, you know, was such a hot tourist place and before um, the war ended up. Uh, you know, changing the society. And it was a very kind of almost, at that point, innocent, unblemished country. And what a place to visit. If you'd go now, it's a totally different country. So there is that to it, too, is sort of getting in early in these various places.
1: I I remember when I got out of uh, undergraduate school at Cal Poly, uh, I was accepted into the MBA program at the University of Hawaii. And so I went over on vacation my junior year, and I said, I like this. I could do this. And um, I was accepted, and I attended. And back then, it was still the Lurleen bringing people from Los Angeles on the big cruise ship. And we're not talking about— cruise ships in and out all the time. I mean, it was a week journey over, and there weren't as many flights. And I remember, you know, Don Ho would come down to the beach. We'd go over to see Don perform. We all knew each other. And he said, you know, I don't know if I want the uh, tourist here. And the HVB, the Hawaii Visitors Bureau, was still looking. They were hoping. They were dreaming of their first one million tourist year. And I remember taking groups to Oahu and Maui and the Big Island 30 years later, 40 years later, and they would have a million tourists a month for the state of Hawaii. And so people got, you know, Don Ho said, don't come, don't come. Well, all of a sudden, the people didn't come, and it had an economic impact. And then they had to really start shoveling coal in that locomotive to get it running again. So there's there's obviously benefits, but there's some drawbacks as well. So, well, good. Well, would you like to talk about your book, or do you just want to talk about travel, Alan? We'll do whatever it is. Well, I do. <laughs> This is your time, buddy. (laughs) I
3: love talking about travel. My new novel is, as I say, my 16th. It's The Chinese Agent. And the book opens with the FBI director, Jim Forrester, has made a sudden secret trip to Mexico City. And on that trip, um, the FBI director is assassinated in his hotel room. And the president of the United States, obviously upset um, wants to find out what happened and he assigns the lead on the job to a woman she's in her mid 30s um a single mom although she has a she has a live-in boyfriend Kelly Cameron rising FBI agent and she has a, a great emotional problem with this cuz she was close with Forrester he was her mentor she's in charge of the investigation and as Kelly tries to uncover who it is who killed Forrester, she discovers a plot hatched by the Chinese government, which would give them a foothold in Mexico and pose a considerable risk to the United States. And so that's, in a short version, that's what the book The Chinese Agent is about.
1: Well, other than the assassination of the FBI's director, didn't I read all this in this morning's newspaper headline? Well, you know, that's right. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, just, that's I'm just kidding point. you, but but you know what? I'm amazed, and I'm sorry to interrupt, Alan. We've got we gotta take a break, but yep. when we come back, you know, I, I'm always amazed at how prophetic people like you and Joel Rosenberg and some other authors can be. You almost feel like you're reading tomorrow's headline today. His name is Alan Topol. It's A-double-L-A-N-T-O-P-P-O. I beg your pardon, T-O-P-O-L. And he is the new author or the author of the new book, The Chinese Agent. We're going to go ahead and take a break and we're going to get a little bit more into it when we come back on The Restaurant Show. We might even talk a little bit about restaurants on The Restaurant Show today. We'll be right back. All right, we're back with Alan Topol, T-O-P-O-L. His new book is called The Chinese Agent. Yes, we're talking with Alan. Yes, we're talking about a book. Yes, we've been talking about travel. And yes, you did not miss dial. You are tuned into the restaurant show. We are going to even talk a little bit about restaurants here in the course of the next couple hours. But Alan, um, where do, where do the ideas come from for you? I know you can't speak to Joel Rosenberg and Steve Barry and Nelson Demille and Mike Lawson and all of these folks. But where do they come from for you? Is it just a fertile information, or is it—what is it?
3: Well, for me, I read very extensively in history and current events. I mean, for example, I read very, very carefully every week the Economist magazine. I keep up on foreign events, and all of my (sighs) books have themes that involve geopolitical issues, and here— the basis uh, sure it's a thriller who, who killed the FBI agent but at the heart of it it's about the conflict between the United States and China and to be sure what's happening in the in Europe with the, the Ukraine and Russia is very important for the United States and for the world but our conflict going forward our competition in the years ahead is not Russia our competition for world control is going to be with China. Mm -hmm. And that's at the heart of my book, The Chinese Agent. I don't try to overcome the story. I don't lecture. But I want the reader to come away feeling, gee, this guy has a point. Our competition, the U.S. competition, is with China. And that's how I got started on this book. I started with that as a premise. And then I tried to put together a suspense thriller that the reader would want to learn about that topic.
1: And do people have an interest in it? Now, when I say that, let me give you an example. When I host an event, a remote broadcast at a restaurant here on the Front Range, Alan, Somebody will say, well, you're holding it on the 4th of July, or you're holding it on Memorial Day. Will anybody show up? Everybody's camping on Memorial Day. Everybody's barbecuing on the 4th of July. Well, you can paint with a pretty broad brush, but I will say, you know, the Front Range has 3 million people. Not everybody's camping. Not everybody's barbecuing. If I can get 300 people to this restaurant, which I regularly do, the building might fall down. So you don't need everybody out there to be reading thrillers. There's a lot more people concerned with getting their kid to soccer practice and figuring out what they're going to have for dinner. But there seems to be. Whether it's, and I can name author after author after author, and I'm sure you could too, there seems to be enough people, you would think that if somebody is going to watch the news 24 7 or read the news or listen to the radio 24 7, to me, my head would explode. But it would seem to me that you would say, hmm, I wonder if there's a market for thrillers. But, Alan, they seem to be popping up over and over and over. There seems to be no lessening in demand for thrillers.
3: I think that's right, uh, fortunately, because... (laughs) Yeah, fortunately for you, yeah. Yeah, right, fortunately. But but at the heart (laughs) of it, in terms of what you're saying, Mike, I think there are a lot of people who are interested in in reading, and are interested in a good story. People want a good story. So Escapism. It, yeah, escapism. I mean, people want to turn the pages. And sitting in front of the TV is okay. I'm not saying that. I do it myself. And, um, you know, and watching various shows. But there are a lot of people who would like, whether you call it escapism, entertainment who would like a book that they can turn pages and really get into it and get out of their little daily life. And so... Those are the people I'm, I'm dealing with. I want to entertain them. And at the same time, I want to give them something to think about. So when they finish the book, they say, hey, I enjoyed this. But, you know, this guy has a point. And so that's kind of my dual objective. And, and I think there's still fortunately a big market for that. And a lot of people have read a lot more during the pandemic when they've been stuck home, too. So that's that's been another factor as well.
1: You know... When I go to the when I go to Mexico, when I go on a vacation, I want to, especially to Mexico or to Hawaii or to a beach, I want to read a beach book. So, I want to have a story that I enjoy. I want to have something that stimulates a little thought, but I don't want it to be Tolstoy. I don't, you know what I mean? I want to, I want to be able to relax a little bit and I have found your books to be very good beach books in spite of A kind of heavy topic. Let me let me ask you this: Um, Michael Conley, who has been on the show, I'm sure you're familiar with him. He's he's reasonably successful, and um, that I'm saying that tongue in cheek. He has a television series called Bosch. It had seven seasons, and now Bosch Legacy is out, and I love them. You talk about binge watching. And now I recently had Jack Carr on former Navy SEAL and coming out in July will be um his he's asked Chris Pratt to star and it's going to come out with his series. Has there been First of all, what when you say you watch television? Are there series that you enjoy? Have you watched Bosch? Uh, have you watched Bosch Legacy? Have you watched Ozark? Uh, what are some things that uh, that Alan Topol enjoys?
3: Well, I'm glad you brought up the subject of, of television because I'm feeling very good right now. One of my oh, are novels, we get
1: are we getting breaking news here?
3: Well, yeah, sort mm-hmm. of. One of my earliest novels was called A Woman of Valor. In fact, it was my second book, and and there is a um, I'm working with a producer and agent who just um, a week ago submitted to the people like Netflix and Amazon a package to do a seven-episode series called Leora, and it's uh, it involves the Middle East, Israel and Egypt, it involves spies in the Middle East, and involves a terrific character and they have an actress tied up, they have a, a director tied up with the project, they've got a screenwriter, and uh, we're just waiting to sign a deal with one of the uh, companies that's in this business, and we're going to be off to the races. So right. I'm really glad you raised it. I'm feeling very excited about a television series now, so I hope your listeners will look for it. The show will be called Leora is the working title after the heroine of the series.
1: Well, you let me know the minute it gets put together, and we'll get it on here. But, you know, um, my question to you, Alan, is you're a big-time attorney in Washington, D.C. You are an experienced author. You've got a new book out, The Chinese Agent. Now you're being approached by television. At what point do you become such a big deal that you don't take a call from Mike Boyle and the restaurant show?
3: That'll never happen. I always – whenever I have a new book coming out, I contact Mike Boyle, and I say, let's do an interview. That'll never happen. We have too much fun doing these interviews. That'll never happen,
1: Mike. Well, and and I don't know if you know this, but um, Reacher – is a yep. new TV miniseries, and it was yep. an eight episode. And look, I like Tom Cruise. Maverick is coming out in a couple weeks. I loved Top Gun, and I'm going to love Top Gun Maverick. But Tom Cruise is not Jack Reacher. Right. Jack yep. Reacher is a six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound kick ass beast, and. That's just not Tom Cruise. So while I went to the movies and while I enjoyed them, the miniseries is absolutely f- uh, fabulous. It came out one year, eight episodes. I watched all eight. They announced the second season, and I'm a happy guy. Jack Carr has signed for one year, eight episodes. And if it goes well with Chris Pratt, then we'll get number two. So I'm glad to hear, you know, somebody might say, well, geez, they only offered him eight episodes um, one season, Alan Topol. Hey, a thousand mile journey starts with a single step. And so I think I think you deserve to be excited.
3: Well, I am. And, you know, when you asked me before about a series that I've I've looked at and read, here's I've
1: I, I, I've version. I've I've written a name down based on what your TV series is going to be based on. What is the What is the, give me the name?
3: Okay, my, my the name of the book is A Woman of Valor, but the TV series will be called Leora.
1: No, I but know. I oh, I thought you had one that you've oh, watched. I have another
3: one. Yes, I watch one, and you talked about the military, so I watch a. It's a British series called Foyle's War. F O Y L E apostrophe s War. And it's set in the south of England at the time of the Second World War. And each of the episodes is very, it has suspense, it's entertainment, they're thoughtful, they have good characters. And, um, and for me at least, uh, something thoughtful about the Second World War, and they do involve Americans too, American military in England, and, and that's the one uh, suggestion or recommendation I would make for your listeners that they may not have heard of Foil's War.
1: I've never heard of it. And its did you say Netflix or Amazon Prime?
3: Yeah, I've forgotten one of them, but it's easier on streaming. You won't have any trouble getting it. its its It's been around, and it really is quite good and
1: quite thoughtful. I will I will tell you this, that when I take a group to Mexico, I never turn on the television. But I will tell you this, with a couple of these miniseries, I have been known to go to the beach all day, get plenty of exercise, walk and swim and have a couple cold beers, have a nice dinner. And maybe eight, nine o'clock, instead of watching the entertainment at the all inclusive, going up to my room and catching a miniseries. All right. We're with Alan Topol. I didn't mean to keep him this long. We're going to keep him for a couple more minutes, because when we come back, I'm going to tell him about an absolutely great television series. I think he might be familiar with it. We'll find out when we come back on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. All right, welcome back to the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. It is uh, uh, an interesting conversation I'm having with Alan Topol, T-O-P-O-L. All right, Alan, your book, your TV series will be about the Middle East. Have you heard of and or seen Fauda?
3: Yes and I think it's superb.
1: Oh, my God, yes.
3: I think it's superb. And, And, Mike, I'll give you another one that, and this is really interesting, one of the key actresses in Falda is a woman by the name of Moran Rosenblatt. She is the star of another series, which is outstanding, called Hit and Run. And, most important, she is the actress who is attached to my project.
1: Well, and you know, one of the things that I think makes the aforementioned Bosch, and I'm a little bit ner- I had never heard of Titus Welliver, who plays Bosch. Um, and, and, and listen, I'm just not, I'm not, I try to be very broad, very all-dimensional. I don't tend to be just a movie geek or a TV geek or something like that. I'm a little bit nervous about Jack Carr's Chris Pratt. Because I think that Yellowstone, other than Kevin Costner, who plays a great cowboy, who plays a great baseball player, but I can't watch, if I'm gonna, every time I'm going to watch a movie, if every time I turn on a television show, it's going to be the same actor. And one time he's a cowboy, and one time he's a, a, a spy, and one time he's a soldier, and one time he's an astronaut. I think the casting, Fauda, I had never heard of the show till a listener recommended it. I watched it. Have you ever been to Israel?
3: Yes, I've been there several times, and I've done research for one of my early books called Spy Dance, which is, is set in Israel. Yes, so I have.
1: Well, then you know that Fouda because... For all of the vitality when you go there in Tel Aviv and for the economic success story, carving a country out of the middle of a desert, they're surrounded by people that just want to exterminate them. And yet it's got this vitality. They've got to have the undercover agents that are uh, that are out there doing the dirty work all the time. And so I, I when I went to Israel, when I took my daughter to Israel, I just thought it was absolutely—sure, the history, the historical significance. I'm a person of faith, so is my daughter. That obviously had some impact as well. But that, that TV show, FAUDA, shows you what they are up against every single day as a country. Not individually, but as a country.
3: That's your question it very, very well, and that's one of the things that I tried to bring out in my book, *Spy Dance*, and that's one of the things that's brought out in the TV series called um, Leora that we're working on as well.
1: It's it's interesting that the word Fauda, F-A-U-D-A, is actually, it it has the same meaning in Hebrew and in Arabic. It means chaos or riot, and I'll tell you the first, I'll I'll tell the listeners very quickly, a 20-second synopsis. The first episode, There is a Palestinian wedding with many, many, many of the known or suspected terrorists. The wedding is going to go on. It's going to be a big, big, big deal. There's going to be every terrorist known to man at this wedding. And the Israeli underground usurps the catering operation and sends two of their operators in, to be the caterers in the hopes of being able to assassinate one of these terrorist leaders boy you talk about being Israeli going in being part of Mossad going into this wedding into the West Bank you've got I mean if that doesn't tell you that some of those Israeli commandos have a serious set of stones on them uh, that's about all you need to know don't you agree
3: oh absolutely you that very well, for sure.
1: All right. We're just about out of time, Alan Topol. T-O-P-O-L, the Chinese agent. Um, How do we get it?
3: Oh, you get it on Amazon. Get it on paper, either paper or Kindle. It's just the easiest, quickest, and cheapest way to go.
1: I will tell you this. uh, I'll tell you this, Alan. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. I will tell you that um, the owner of Amazon and I... We are not on the same page politically. But I am going to tell you, he has put together a remarkable company. And I don't care. I just ordered baseballs. I've ordered books. I just ordered an aeration machine. It doesn't. I'm telling you, if you want to read The Chinese Agent, you just go to Amazon.com books the Chinese agent, Alan Topol, T-O-P-O-L, and it will be on your doorstep almost uh, within a day after hitting the send button.
3: Thanks. Alan. Absolutely. You're correct, Mike.
1: Alan, thank you so much. And will you please, and listen, I'm going to watch Hit and Run maybe, and I'm going to watch Foil's War a little bit. Right. But will you please keep us posted on when your television show comes out? Because I'm all in.
3: Sure. You'll be the first to know, Mike. I promise. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: All right. That brings us up to the top of the hour. I'm Mike Boyle. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Yeah. In the next hour, I think we might even talk a little bit about restaurants right here on The Restaurant Show.